Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the call center and contact center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items that you can take back into your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. How's everybody doing? Uh, for those of you who don't know me by now, my name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a five to 600 call seat call center outsourcer uh, located here in, in Northwestern Pennsylvania. How's everybody doing? Excited to talk to you guys. Have something a little bit different and special for you today. Um, I don't normally do this, but yesterday I had the privilege of kind of giving a talk slash webinar, uh, to, a group of, of business leaders and call center and customer service executives uh, from the uh, from a, a Wisconsin business consortium, right? So there's a, a ton of different businesses that were kind of listening in, and, and they was asked to present on on call center culture and engagement. And I think it went really well. It was a I, I took a lot of time to to plan this out. So I think the, the content was really, really good. Now, there was a PowerPoint that went through this. If you listen to the, uh, the podcast and you'd like the deck, I'm more than happy to send you the deck as well. But I think the just listening to this will, will give some context. So what you're about to hear is uh, the moderator kind of just give me an intro, and then I kind of really get into the talk. But we talk about how to make culture in your call center for something that's non-tangible, tangible, right? We talk about ap- actual engagement practices that we do here at Expedia that things that have really worked really well. So again, this isn't like pie in the sky theoretical things. It's down in the weeds things that you can actually do. So again, I, I think it it went really well. Um, it, it got some really good reviews afterwards. So I, I wanted to post it for everybody. I hope you guys find some value in this. Uh, so here it is. Uh, enjoy. Center outsourced service uh, provider located in Erie, Pennsylvania that he founded 
almost 10 years ago. So I came across Tom's uh, podcast some time ago and was really drawn to the thoughts uh, and ideas that he frequently shares around culture and engagement. So when I was putting today's program together, I thought, man, it would be awesome if we could get Tom to uh, join us. And so I reached out, called him up, and he was kind enough to accept my invitation and the mission today. So um, Tom, if you would, share your screen, and uh, I will pass the virtual baton over to you. That sounds great. I think I got it. Roger, thank you so much for the... Uh uh, for the great intro, I, I, uh, I better not stink here. Um, hey, thank you guys, and, and I'm really excited to, to join you on, especially on this topic. There's a there's a lot that that goes into this, and, and I appreciate the, those principal foundations that you you kind of just laid out. Because what I want to do is kind of dig deeper into those and and show you guys and give you some actionable items. That's kind of what I say on the podcast, right? Give some actionable items that you can take back to your call centers. Hopefully improve the the engagement and improve your agent quality, um, improve that engagement, improve the culture of the organization. So to start this, um, you know, I know I have a little bit of a weird topic or a weird title here, uh, but uh, I coach basketball in my free time. That kind of keeps me out of trouble outside of the you know running the the contact center and, and kind of some of the other things that I do and. I had the chance to listen to Hubie Brown, which he's a you know a Hall of Fame coach, a great basketball analyst, and, and he basically gave a clinic on really just all the cool things that he thought could help, and that always kind of resonated with me. It wasn't specific on offense or defense, so you know when Roger kind of called me up and talked to me about the 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 topic of employee engagement, there's so much that goes into this. So you know as I started to kind of you know put down my my thoughts with this. The first thing that I wanted to talk about was culture, how we can use culture as a weapon in the engagement kind of window. Um, and then I want to give you some fun things that we actually do in our call center to engage our reps. Um, and even I want to give some games to play and some things that you can do from a work from home. So again, I don't re- really want to talk. I think Roger did a good job of, of that 30,000 view of kind of what we want to do. But I want to dig into the weeds um, and try to give you guys some ideas. And hopefully there's a couple. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, you know, moments that you'll have during during this talk. So just to give a quick, as Roger kind of already <laughs> kind of killed it for me, did an awesome job. Um, quick intro. My name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. We're uh, going on to about a 550 seat call center outsourcer, work for a lot of different clients. 90% of our business is on the inbound customer support side. So Everywhere from healthcare to retail to financial services, startups, you know, we have a, a pretty diverse portfolio, which I think is cool to be able to talk to a group like this because, you know, I think something that I'm going to say is going to resonate with any type of business channel or type of business that, that you have, be it tech support, customer support, a sales oriented course, uh, contact center, something's going to hopefully, hopefully resonate. I have the book, as Roger said, you know, they're on Amazon, but most proud of the podcast. Um, and it's been a, an area that I can keep up to my thoughts or the things that we're doing and the things that work and have not worked as well in, in our contact center. Um, so again, you can find that anywhere if you're interested in that. I, I'm only 43 years old and I have 30 years of call center experience. I've, I've really not done anything else. I My family actually owned a contact center in the 80s. Um, so, I mean, I was nine years old filling vending machines um, and kind of, you know, hanging out with the supervisors, you know, even at that age. So 
I've had a lot of time to, to screw things up and to know what I like, what works and what doesn't. So hopefully, again, some of those things I can, I can impart with you today. The one thing that I have started that's been really cool as well is, is if you are interested, I never sell to anybody. This is just call center and operations content. If I do have a texting community. There's about 215 members right now. So if you just ever want to dial that or text 814-247-0366 and, and you know, just text the, the, the UWEBC, um, you know, that'll get you signed up for the community. And all it is is some really cool exclusive content that I think can, can be helpful as, as you guys are going through your, your call center journeys. Okay, so what do we want to talk about? This is, this is kind of the fun stuff, I think. And, and hopefully it, um, it, it'll resonate really well with, with, again, with some of the things from a concept processing that Roger talked about to, to really digging into the weeds. So we, I want to talk about culture. Um, and to be honest, I, I guarantee you 90 to 95% of you have never really defined your call center culture, right? It's such a non-tangible thing that it freaks people out and people don't even know where to start to talk about it. So what I want to do is make it tangible and I want to show you how you can then use that as a weapon, not only to improve your contact center, but to improve your reps, to improve the engagement, um, to just make it a better place, um, if we can lay that foundation properly, and I'm going to give you some really tangible things that you can do that with, you can make things a little bit more fun while still making sure that you're covering all those KPIs and, and the, the policies and procedures that you need to do um, in your contact center. And then the last thing is kind of just the, the fun part that I had of, of just really giving you some employee engagement things, things that we do a little bit differently, things that we do to have fun in our call center that I think are unique um, things that probably maybe you haven't thought of or, or can at least be like, oh, wow, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. So if we're going to do this, though, and we're going to talk about how we're going to treat reps and how the, 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 the call center is going to interact and, and what type of environment are we going to have, we have to define a culture. And again, that's a really difficult thing or can be a difficult thing, but what I want to try to give you today is the ability to define your call center culture in a sentence or less, right? In, in even a couple words. And you're probably not going to get to that today, but it's going to get you to think because this is what happened to me and it just resonated in my head and I couldn't put it down until I had an answer for this. And I think you're going to see if you can do it right, how awesome this is going to benefit everything. So when we talk about call center culture, now a lot of you have an internal contact center for a maybe a larger organization. So the organization has its mission statement. The organization probably has its culture. And those are important because you can't go way off the rails on that. But you need to really define what your call center is about, right? So here's some of the questions. So when I go consult or when we, we just, somebody calls me up and says, I hate how our call center is operating. It's not fun. Uh, I, my, my turnover is super high. You know, these are some of the first things that we're going to do. And, and the two questions that you're going to answer in your head are, when we answer and, and ask these questions, what type of center do you have now, right? Is that the good, is that what you want? Because that's, the, that's where we want to get to is what type of center do you, do you want? So what do we have right now, right? And then what do we want to get to? And, and are those aligned, right? And most of the time they're not aligned, especially if you've never defined this. So a couple things that maybe you haven't thought about but are really, really important in doing this. So how should management treat people? And there's not a right or wrong answer to this. Or is it more lenient? 
Um, are you a, a more conservative contact center with conservative leadership that, you know, it's, it's, it's very strict in, in when people show up and, and how they're, they interact, um, very conservative. You know, how do you operate? Are you a sales contact center? Are you a service contact center? Do you do tech support? Do you do all three of those things? How do you kind of tie those things together? You know, what type of individuals? You know, when you're, when you're hiring people, are you actually looking at, do you, are you looking for individuals who are maybe really good sales guys that, or, or gals that, that can just be by themselves? Or do you need team players? Um, what KPIs are important? Are you looking for more efficiency type KPIs like service level, handle time, um, abandoned percentage, or are you looking for more kind of servicey sentiment scores and QA and, and, and CSAT type scores? Um, now, a lot of times those intertwine, right? But, you know, what are you really putting a little bit more focus on and what should you be putting a little bit more focus on? And then I'm going to skip to kind of the, the, the last two is what's the environment on the floor? Um, and again, most of us are at home. So we're going to we're going to kind of change that to how are we treating our at home guys and what is our process and procedures for engaging and talking to them? And I'm going to get into that later. Um, are you kind of a, hey, we do a morning meeting and then if anybody screws up, we let them know? Or is there constant interaction throughout the day uh, based on if somebody's doing things good or bad? Um, and then how do we deal with that? And then the last piece that a lot of people don't think about, and you see this in a lot of call centers, is the reps see everything. The supervisors or your middle management or your team leads, whatever you call them, right? they're the ones that really set the tempo. So if you have supervisors that are talking down on other supervisors, if there's, there's clicky things that are happening on the floor with Janie's supervisor and Joe's supervisor doesn't like Susie, um, that's going to be a real big issue in, in kind of some of the things that, that are going to happen on the floor from a culture standpoint. So some of the things to kind of look out for there. So these are some questions. So you're going to kind of, I just want you to think about these. And, and again, we're not going to come to an answer for your center right now, but some of the things that how you want your center to operate. And then what I like to do, and I think has been very helpful is it break that down into two or three words that become kind of the mantra for your call center. Something that you can get in your training, um, you can talk about every single day that reps can start to talk about and reps understand the importance. And so what you want with these words is the foundational kind of layer that covers as much as you possibly can when it comes to KPIs, when it comes to attendance policy, when it comes to uh, what type of of, of interactions do we have on the call center floor? So instead of kind of picking and choosing, hey, Susie, you need to have, uh, you know, your, your handle time needs to be under six minutes. Um, I noticed your after call work is over 40 seconds. You know, we can talk about that. But what we want to talk about is, is kind of more foundational things that take care of that. And I know that's probably confusing, but I think it'll get clear here as we go. So some examples that I've seen and, and that, that call centers have used after we've kind of talked about this are you know, security and service, right? Those are kind of the things that get, get quote unquote, put on the wall, right? And the reps and supervisors talk about, you know, sales and, and sales with a smile. Hit the numbers, just do it. Um, so there's a wide range of things, you know, from, from being very uh, proactive when it comes to sales and numbers to things that swing maybe the opposite way to, you know, very service oriented care about, don't really care about handle time, care about customer sentiment and CSAT the most. And then most of you are in the middle of that, right? I got to hit my numbers, but I got to have high quality too. 
So that's where we thought. And with having so many different clients and so many different channels, you know, we think that ours works really well. <laughs> More than happy if you'd like to steal it. Um, but ours is attitude and effort. Right. So when we talk about attitude and effort, we said, you know, attitude can really deal with our sales and service that we need to do. Being in a BPO, being in any call center, attendance and turnover is huge. So we know we wanted to, to really hit those or, or that topic as well. So we said, OK, if we can figure out, you know, how to how to really integrate our attitude and effort mantra into our call center, I think some of these or, or this is all going to be taking care of itself. So we got deep into this and said, you know, currently, you know, over the last this has evolved over the last probably five to seven years. We're currently not hiring off resumes. Um, now we're going to look at your resume and we're going to check it, but it's not the driving force. Uh, we're going to hire individuals that, that bring great attitude and give us that are going to give us effort. And I'm going to show you how we do that from a hiring standpoint. We don't promote our top salespeople or the people with the best CSAT scores or QA scores. We promote those that are on the floor that give the best attitude and effort. And third, we don't incent our top sales or service reps, we incent reps that are giving great attitude and effort. Now, most of the time, the cool thing about this is all that is the same, right? So if you are, you're a top sales or QA score person, you're probably giving attitude and effort, right? Um, if you are really, really doing a great job with your, your, your sentiment scores and you're showing up every day and your, your efforts, that, all that kind of ties into, you know, this overall arching theme of attitude and effort. So I think that's what's really important when we do a, a rep uh, meeting and we talk and we sit down and we see what their KPI stats are. You know, we, we talk first about effort, right? Hey, are we giving full effort on this? Remember, we trained on this because if we get full effort, I know that these stats are going to come up instead of saying, hey, your stats are low. We need to get your handle time under six minutes. Um, so we frame it a little bit softer. And frame it in a way that I think, you know, each rep can say, wow, I could just have to give a little bit more effort. Oh, and I have to just change my attitude a little bit other than, oh, my God, I got to change this. I got to make sure that I'm on a I'm on a plan right now to come into work because I've been I called off two times this week. Um, you know, I, I, I my QA scores are low. My CSAT scores are low and, and all that kind of just overwhelms them. Uh, but if we can kind of just, you know, frame it as, hey, we got to give more effort. And these are some of the things you need to work on. It's been a huge difference for, for how we operate. So I get a lot, I get this question all the time is, you know, how do you measure this? You know, that's great. But again, we're talking the non-tangible culture thing and how do we make it tangible? So what we have done is we picked four areas of our call center business that we wanted to, to see if we could figure out how we can use attitude and effort. And one was on our hiring, two was in how we pay, Right, how we pay, how we incent, how we give commissions, uh, we call it proficiency pay, how we do that, how we're actually doing the management with our supervisors, and what type of environment are we do we have, right? So if we can if we can figure out how to install this attitude and effort type culture into these four kind of core concepts, we, we thought we we're gonna have something pretty special. So what we ended up doing is that. And I'm going to show you exactly how we did both of those things, um, which I think is pretty cool. And for us and for call centers that can figure this out, I think it's an absolute total weapon um, when it comes to servicing your customers, 
when it comes to turnover, when it comes to having reps that enjoy what they're doing, because there's now a focus on what they need to do. And it's simple, right? It's not just saying, hey, we got to do these eight things. It's no, we got to do these two things. And under those come these things. So I think that's it kind of ties things into a bow a little bit easier when you're kind of talking about what a rep needs to do. So let's talk about attitude. This was the most, well, the most difficult piece of this was how do you incent? How do you pay your reps to have a good attitude? And that has not been able to really be done for us other than in the past three or four years when we've implemented advanced speech analytics. So every single client of ours has is on our analytics platform and we actually are paying all of our customer service reps we're actually incenting them off of positive customer sentiment right and positive agent sentiment so every single day they're looking at where they are from their tone right from their word choice and we can actually we're actually paying our reps more to have a good attitude so we've actually found a way to really make that a, a tangible way to pay reps, which is, has been the number one biggest change for the, for the good in our contact center um, is being able to, to use speech analytics, not just you know, talk to clients about, hey, here's the trending keywords and, and you know, here's your customer sentiment and we're working on this, but to, to show, number one, that our reps are using proper tone, that they're treating customers right, but two, that we're going to pay you more if you're doing that. From the hiring standpoint, we've come up with about 15 different questions. So our interviews are a little bit longer and we're just trying to have a conversation with you. We're trying to get you to laugh. Um, We're trying to to get to your personality. We're looking for team players. We know exactly kind of what we want from that standpoint. And so there's many people in here. So there's probably... From the outsourcing side, there's there's about three contact centers. Dial America's here. There's a there's another independent BPO. There's us here, and then there's a lot of internal call centers as well. Um, so you, you, we very easily can get reps that have worked their whole life in the call center industry, um, and maybe have done a really good job, but they don't fit what we're looking for from an attitude standpoint. Just by that interview, by that conversation. Um, you know, wanted to be not a team player, just wants to go off into the corner and kind of do their own thing. And we don't want that. Um, So they don't, they're not a good fit. From a management standpoint, there's a lot of different things that we do, but the number one thing, and I wanted to do this, and I'm going to go deeper into this is, is we control the first 30 minutes of the shift where we actually assess attitude. Supervisors um, have to greet reps. And this is on the, and we're going to talk from the work from home environment as well. Uh, they're kind of taking the temperature. We don't allow poor attitudes. So you know, everyone has that rep that comes in is like, oh, this is terrible. It's Monday. I don't want to be here. Right? A lot of you guys just say, hey, come on, turn it around. No, we don't let them on the floor. Now, we don't send them home. Um, but when they were in-house, you know, they would go. We'd say, hey, go get a cup of coffee. We'd have our, you know, go into the break room. Go relax. But I can't let you on the floor until, you know, we have a, a good attitude. That starts to resonate with everyone if you're very consistent with it. When it comes to the environment, we believe in fun no matter what. So even if we have a conservative, we're working for financial services clients, insurance clients. um, We're trying to play games, some type of game at all time. Every supervisor has uh, has to have a game going on. 
Um, when we were brick and mortar, we had a book of, I think it got up to about 120 games to play. And the reps would come up with these games. The supervisors would come up with the games. I'm going to give you some of these um, as we go. There's also a couple podcast episodes where I dedicate the whole podcast episode into games that we play in the call center. And I'm going to get into some of the games that we're playing from work from home as well. But I think that's really important, right? I think that the, the reps, they're dealing with a lot of stuff, especially your work from home guys. They have family members home. They might have roommates there. There's kids there. Um, if you're just doing a morning meeting and then letting them go on their day, it's not fun. It can be miserable. And I think you're going to see higher turnover when if that's kind of the environment that you're operating in. All right. Let's talk about effort, right? So we have attitude, right? And then how do we how do we instill effort into this culture, right? So again, from our hiring, uh, we knew that effort for us is attendance and training, right? So if, if we have somebody that can be here every day, right, and we have somebody that uh, is really good and can understand the training that we're giving, that we're going to be set. So when we, when we get into the effort piece of hiring, we really, really talk about, hey, uh, attendance is the, probably the number one thing. We're going to be able to incent you off of this, which we're going to talk about as well. So again, we're incenting, we're incenting off attitude, right? And now we're going to also incent you off effort, the two things that we want. So we really, really try to get to that. Can you be here every day? Um, if you are, you're going to make some, some pretty good money from the call center side, especially here in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, making sure that they're open to coaching. A lot of different questions and a lot of different conversations around that. Um, guys, I have a bunch of our questions as well. So if you want to hit me up after this, you know, I can give you, you know, all the questions that we're asking kind of in this hiring process. From an incenting standpoint, and I have a slide on this that's next because this one idea that we had as a team has raised our um, overall attendance by 34%. And that's, that's over the last year, year and a half, you know, year to year. So what we basically do is every single rep gets a base rate. And if you work 100% of your shift, you actually get incented just for working 100% of your shift, which I'll, I'm going to talk about here in a second. But again, that's effort, right? We're not, re, we're not penalizing you if you have a sick child and you're not making less money because everybody is, has that base rate and it's the base rate that they would have had if we wouldn't have you know, started this new process or new program. But I'm going to get into that here in a second. From an environment standpoint, this is where branding, I think, comes into play, right? So leaderboards, we don't call them that. We call them effort boards. Um, it, everything that you can do to kind of make uh, make different types of, of, of things that are, you know, like the, the, the term leaderboard, make that into something that's that's unique to your culture. Um, I think that's that can really play into it. Like we don't say sales. We, we say it's basically the end result of quality, right? ERQs, which is another whole long topic. But, um, you know, in the call center, if there's any type of sales or cross-sell or upsell, you know, there's certain ways that, that reps can get around by, you know, not selling it appropriately. So we've kind of changed and, and morphed those things to make sure that even how we sell is kind of matching our culture. And then we do a weekly agent analysis program, you know, where whether they're work from home or whether they are here in the office where we talk and we sit down and we have 15 minutes with the reps and we talk about effort and effort basically spans into that, that KPI world. So we think overall, this has really revolutionized how we've done contact center, right? And how we've, we've managed uh, engagement with the reps and, and how much 
the whole environment has changed uh, because reps very easily understand exactly what's expected of them. They know that if they do that, they're going to get paid a lot more. Um, and we're not asking them to do a ton. When it comes to the, the, the number one program that we have here from an incentive standpoint is our attendance multiplier and, or, and our effort multiplier. And so basically, we sat down and we said, okay, guys, you know, here in Erie, Pennsylvania, the average rep makes about $12 to $13 an hour. So again, I know everybody is in a different area. I'm not sure what Wisconsin, what, what your reps, I'm sure most of those are probably $15, $16, $17 an hour. Um, but what we said is, okay, how do we, how do we reward you know, attendance? How do we reward effort? Everybody can do an attendance motivation, right? Like, hey, for the next two months or three months, if, if you work 90% of your schedule, we're going to give you this or we're going to give you why. But those are all kind of little short-term things. But how do we fix it? Right? That's kind of the question that we ask. So from our effort multiplier, we have a base rate. If a rep works 100% of their schedule right, in week one, we give them an extra dollar an hour. So all they got to do is work their schedule. If they work the first four weeks, right, they go on a streak. So it's, it's week two, week three, week four, just that same dollar. They're not getting another dollar each. It's one dollar. When they get to week four, or I guess it would technically be week five, $1.50 gets added onto their base rate, right? And then if they get to week seven, $2 added to their base rate. And if they streak and they're making and they've worked 100% of their schedule for nine weeks in a row, they get $3 added onto their base rate. And they don't have to have a higher QA score. There's nothing else that plays into this. Other stuff gets played into that attitude piece, but from the effort standpoint, um, we really want to reward reps that are coming every single day giving maximum effort. So this has been about 33 to 34% It has improved our year-over-year attendance. Um, and for a BPO, that's really important because the more reps that are here is, is the more billable hours that we get. So again, I get that this could be a little bit different, but just to kind of give you an idea of, of some of the things that I have seen work extremely well um, and, and some of the things that really resonate well with, with call center associates. So the last piece of this kind of presentation here is I want to talk about some of the things that we're doing to actually engage um, and some of the fun things that we're doing. And hopefully this can give you some aha moments of some things that you can do in your contact center. So the number one thing that we have done is we've created a call center leadership group. Um, it's five to seven reps. Now we're about a 400, 500 seats BPO. So it's, you know, that, that kind of goes up and down every once in a while. It's, it's a, it's a uh, six month term. Um, it can, they can be nominated or they nominate themselves. Somebody else can nominate them, but then the, call center associates vote. Um, the, a senior manager like myself or, or one of our leadership teams, you know, for that six month period becomes the facilitator. We meet monthly um, and we talk about things in the contact center that, that affect the reps, right? Are there any issues on the floor, right? You wanna hear things from that leadership team and if you can build you know, a really good trust factor with them, they're gonna tell you things that you don't know. Right, things that maybe they're telling a supervisor, supervisor maybe doesn't want to tell you, uh, but they're going to spill some things out of any type of issues that are that are happening, or maybe something's going on with a with a specific rep before maybe it gets to a point where it's it's an issue. New equipment is the number one, um, I guess I think engagement question that you need to be asking. So if you're ever you know 
whether you are work from home or whether you're still brick and mortar, you know, when we were brick and mortar, you know, if we changed the seats, right, in the call center, if you didn't get buy-in, you might have just, you know, spent $20,000 for nothing because they're going to complain about it, right? So making sure that you get buy-in to any type of new equipment, especially when it deals with the comfort of the associate, right? So a lot of work from home right now, you're giving them their headset, making sure that that headset is, is proper. If you're going to change that, make sure that, uh, that you get some buy-in. And then, again, just getting the overall buy-in um, for any type of picnics or any type of thing that you want to do in your call center. It doesn't mean that you have to totally listen and, and engage and do everything they're talking about. But if you can do this properly and have a really good communication and, and a, a culture that, that you're listening to each other, it's going to save you a lot of issues um, on the call center floor because these guys will have your back. If you're all in agreement when you leave that meeting, when something goes goes wrong or gets changed, they know that you know it's coming from a good place. We like to do, and I've done this, we just did this virtually about a week ago, is, is do a, a middle management summit. And our middle management for us, we're calling our supervisors and our team leads, ones, those guys that are on the floor, on the front lines every single day. You know, we're asking them things like, you know, this technology, the CRM. Um, that, that we're using for this client. Have you guys found a better way to do this? Because most of the time, um, they're going to find some really great workarounds that can be spread out to the team that maybe not everybody knows. Like, oh, yeah, you guys didn't know that? That happens every single time that we talk. So make sure that you, you're engaging these guys. Again, you're listening to them. It's not really, I don't, this can't be you telling them things. That's, that's another time. But it's their turn to say how much they know and how they made a difference and how they made some changes. So if things are really good, we'll name a policy after them. Like this is the general or the, you know, the, the Tim process. We've done some things like that with attendance um, that, that they said they've had really good ideas with. Um, you know, we talk about situations that come up in the call center, right? So how do they handle certain things when, you know, maybe they have a rep that's not giving good attitude or are there, are there jokes that you can tell to kind of get people to, to kind of spruce up a little bit? Or at what point do we send them off the floor and have those type of conversations with, you know, some of the younger supervisors with some of the, you know, more experienced ones? And then, again, what, what should we as a management team be looking out for? Because, again, these guys are with the reps probably more than us as a management team, you know, actually walking on the floor, listening, um, so they're going to be, if we have them, if they have our back and we've done a really good job communicating with them, right, they're going to be able to help us again, make sure that there's no other issues that are going on on the call center floor and they feel really important, right? And when these guys feel empowered, that's going to resonate to your reps. You know, your middle management really does, does the majority of the work, at least in our center, they do. So they're a really, really huge, important piece of, of everything. I love this. This is one of the, the better things that this was my idea. I'm going to take a little credit, I guess, but I always have the question, you know, how do we do an employee suggestion box, right? How do we give suggestions? And so everybody, maybe, you know, you, you put that suggestion box up and a rep puts it in and it can be, you know, some really off the wall things. Um, so, you know, you know, getting things like, hey, I like more Coke than, than Pepsi in the vending machines, you know, those kind of things that really don't move the needle anywhere. So, you know, we, I always think, how do we move the needle and how do we get really cool suggestions that can help not only associates, but get what we want as an organization? So what we did is we created a suggestion board 
And the only rule with this suggestion board is that it has to improve our culture of attitude and effort. So any suggestion that goes on there has to have that in mind. So it can't just be some random thing. It's an attitude effort board. So we have a office that really no one's using. I have a glass board that's set up. Um, and reps just go in there anonymously. They can put their name if they like. Most of them are anonymous. And they just write down you know, suggestions, things that they think could help with attitude and effort. And then what we do, we have been doing it monthly, but with everybody out of the office, it's turned into once every three months. We've done about once every the last three months is we choose, I'll choose three or four ideas that I think are awesome. The call center reps will vote on them and we'll actually implement it. So whether that means I have to get IT involved and HR involved and a supervisor to implement this, we'll get a team, um, we'll get funds for it, we'll figure something out to implement the idea that the reps had um, that improved our attitude and effort. So again, it's a win for the reps because they feel like they're being heard. It's a win for the company because we're improving attitude and effort things that you know we instill and we think are really, really important. Um, and it's been a lot of fun and they have really good ideas. You know, if you can channel them a little bit, uh, they, they come up with some really good stuff. And, and again, they're the ones that are, that are frontline so they know really what could be what could things that could really move the needle as long as we're really kind of pushing it to the to the right areas. When we started the leadership committee, we had a lot of people that wanted to be involved, and I didn't want to make this like a twenty-person deal. Um, so I thought that that was cool that we wanted people involved, and I didn't want to kind of shoo shoo them away. So we we have smaller committees as well, right? So we kind of have this little bit of a hierarchy. Um, and we don't meet all the time with these guys. We'll meet when we have an issue. So they're on a committee, but it's not a you know a full-time meeting every month, anything like that. But there's a games committee. Um, so they come up with, with all the games that we're playing in our contact center. They have the good ideas. Managers think that we, especially when it comes to things like this, I mean, I get every single day, at least three times a week, I get an email from someone that says, hey, Tom, can you send me call center games? Ask your reps. Ask them what they want to do. Um, I guarantee you that they'll come up with some really good things. Start creating a book. When we were work from home, again, like I think I already said this, but we had a, about 120 games to play in the call center in our book. So we would just go like, hey, I want to do this today. Um, that didn't come from me. That came from supervisors. That came from reps. And we listened to them and we played their game. And if it was good, it made it into the book, right? So there's a whole committee that we have that kind of does that, that of, of some – I guess, very creative individuals that, that like that stuff. Again, we talked about equipment. Um, we'll talk to these guys if we want to change chairs, do anything like that. Then we'll bring it to the, the kind of the head committee. Um, and then we have a welcome committee, right? So every single uh, new rep, and a lot of you guys I know do this in your center. So when you have a, a new class that comes out, you know, we have a group that will greet them, that will welcome them onto the floor, that are experienced reps that, you know, have gone through the process of we know that they're perfect for attitude and effort. So they're going to talk to these guys, be their big brother or their big sister, and they're going to be the first ones that isn't a management person that's going to be whispering in their ear about attitude and effort and how important it is. And, and if you do this, you're going to, you can get to here and you're going to get paid more if you just show up for work every day. And if your sentiment scores are really good, you know, you're going to get paid more. You can make all this money. So it doesn't come from the management team. It comes from our, our troops, which is a really, really important thing. Um, because it means a lot more, right? It means a lot more when the person next to you who's been here for five years, who's on the phone taking the same calls with you is telling you, hey, this is the way to go. Uh, instead of saying, hey, this place stinks and, are, and it's frustrating and I hate these calls. 
Um, so that's another, you know, something I think that's, that's pretty important. The use of social media, um, making sure that if you don't have a dedicated Facebook page just for your call center, ask. See if you can do that. Um, our Expedia Facebook page, we don't advertise, we don't market on. Um, the only thing that we put on there is our rep stuff, games that we played, birthdays, you know, anything that, that has to do with, with having fun with the associates, with what they've done, competitions that we're doing now with, you know, photography, you know, this weekend it's, it's, you know, who can take the best picture. You're looking for some artists that we have. Um, we've done paintings, we've done, you know, everybody's done the, you know, take a picture of your pet kind of thing, right? But, but the bottom line is have something dedicated just for your call center, right? You probably have it for your organization, but you can do a sub page that's just for your contact center and just for those guys. And you can even make it private. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a public thing where everybody sees it just so everybody has somewhere to go, um, that, that has pictures in the stuff that they can show to their kids show to their siblings and be proud of the, the organization that they're working for. We use Instagram kind of the same way, right? It's, it's more rep oriented. We do a lot of our games on Instagram, uh, but it's, it's again, it's anything that we're putting on Facebook, we're basically kind of part and parcel doing it on, on Instagram as well. And then we haven't done this with our work from home, but when we were here, we would have three or four times a year, we'd have major competitions. Like the last one we did was in February and we did water pong. Right, not beer pong, but water pong, um, and we live streamed. We had a giant tournament that went for about two weeks, and we live streamed the championship to the entire company, and then on the Facebook page. I mean, like I don't know, thirty people watched it, but still, we had the recording. It was like a live event. We had another rep that did play by play with it, so really cool and something that's a little bit fun. Something that you can kind of think about as well. There, um, something we do with our management trainees. So we don't really have team leads. We hire management trainees that are going to become supervisors. But, you know, however you, you work that in your organization, we rotate them throughout the organization. So before a supervisor becomes a supervisor, this team lead will go into HR and they'll spend a week in HR. They'll sit through interviews. They'll sit through, you know, um, you know if there's any type of write-up or any kind of disciplinary issues that come up. They'll sit through our QA area. They'll monitor calls. They'll score calls. Understand how painful it can be. When a rep isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, they'll sit with our WFM team, understand that if you're late for lunch and you're out of compliance, what a headache that that makes for them and, and how it kind of affects the whole organization. So we're trying to give a kind of a holistic approach to just somebody who's, who's on the call center floor, but having them understand, wow, what I do and what my, my, my job as a, as a call center manager and what our call center does affects everyone. Um, I think this is a really important piece. It's also something that's kind of the one of the cornerstones of our management training program, which we do about a six-week management training program before you know a rep becomes a, a supervisor. But something I think to take back and, and maybe think about because it's, it's worked really, really well. All right, getting to the end here, um, games to play. And these were some at-home games. Some I just kind of randomly chose. Um, and I think I chose them because you could kind of do them from work from home too. Um, but again, check out the podcast. There's two full episodes um, of, of just games that we're playing in the call center. And, and hopefully I, I explain them pretty well. But you know, I don't want to get deep you know, into, into these. But basically, you know, we would do things like we called it punch out where we would put uh, you know, like Dixie cups off on a board 
uh, on a on a cork board in the call center. We put prizes in some of them. We put shaving cream in other ones, and then we kind of cover it up with a tissue so that you couldn't see what it was, right? So, and if you got a, your KPI or your CSAT score, or you had a good QA score, you could go and kind of punch in and kind of you know see what you got. Everybody's got games like that. Find the Joker. You know, again, this is something that you can do from work from home. Is basically type an entire deck of cards onto a uh, onto a piece of cardboard. Um, with one joker on it and then have reps as they're getting sales or they're getting, you know, calls that are good, that are being monitored. They can, you know, choose cards and then, again, one has the prize, things like that. And then I don't know if you know this, but there's free Jeopardy and free Wheel of Fortune. Just Google uh, Wheel of Fortune or, or Jeopardy games. Um, they're free online games. Um, you can customize them to any questions that you guys have. So if you want to do things about the program that you're on, if you want to do things about the company, if it's somebody's birthday and you want to, you know, maybe ask questions just about Jamie, um, you, know, you can do that. So something that's kind of cool, really easy, and you can do it from work from home um, as well. So these these are my, when you guys get back into the office, if some of you get back into the office, these are some of the things you have to do. These are my favorites. They're the rep favorites, and I think they're a little bit unique is, is I'm going to jump to the second one, which is the human board game. So a lot of call centers and a lot of, you know, the the, the, the floors have, you know, like those 12 by 12 inch uh, carpet squares. So we said, hey, those carpet squares kind of look like, like uh, tiles on a game board. So what we did is we created a human board game. Um, and it winds throughout. We have three call centers, so we'll normally play three, three games at a time. We'll wind throughout the whole call center. Um, reps can choose kind of their own token, right? So like somebody might take a broom, somebody might have a stuffed animal, uh, you know, whatever it is. And then the supervisor goes and, and sets up the board. So you can say just like, you know, sorry, like back three spaces or swap places or lose a turn. And then as you're getting your good KPIs or whoever you, you're deeming, um, you know, a, a reward for going, you know, they can either roll a, a, a dice or a die that's online. There's a lot of just free die, just roll them. Uh, we bought one of those, like, I don't know, giant foam uh, dice um, that they just kind of rolled down the middle of the floor. And they moved their game piece, um, you know, throughout the all throughout the call center. So kind of fun. The horse racing thing is kind of the same thing, but you're just kind of going up and back. Um, so that's my, that's my number one uh, game, though. The, the human war game is a, is a lot of fun. But again, check out check out the, the podcast when it comes to the games. There's a there's a lot of stuff on there. I think you know I did. There's like almost 50 games that, that we've talked about in the in the two episodes. So hopefully there's something there that that resonates. All right, and then this is my I guess my last two slides, and I'll I'll kind of take any questions that you may have. Hopefully, um, my number one tip for call center management, um, and this this is a huge piece of the engagement, the physical daily engagement, is when you are work. From, from the office, right, when you're brick and mortar, is we control the first 30 minutes of the shift. And when I say we, it's supervisor to team. So number one, you must welcome with enthusiasm, with enthusiasm hard word to say for me, uh, but basically they can't be at their desk, you know, typing an email saying, hi, hi, Janie, as Janie walks and, and takes her seat on her team. You know, it's either a high five, it's a handshake, it's a now probably a, an elbow bump, but it's asking them, hey, how's your day? What's going on? Right, because you're not only trying to engage them right there to get them to, to kind of wake up a little bit, but you're also kind of taking the temperature of of who has that good attitude, who might need some jokes, um, who do I got to push a little bit here um, just before I have to like say, hey, come on, let's go, or, or, or we can't take some calls. So you got to welcome, 
you know, really important that that, that piece happens. You know, we're going to recap the day, right? And I get that some of these are inbound call centers. So we try to schedule our reps about three minutes before um, the, the shift starts. Uh, we're going to be really positive in our recaps. Even if we had a bad day yesterday, you know, we had a couple of auto fails from, from QA. And, you know, even if those things come up, we're not going to talk about those. We're going to talk about, you know, kind of some of the things that we need to work on. But, hey, yesterday was yesterday and kind of really focus on today. But kind of give them an idea of what happened yesterday. Goal set. So we're going to put that right into their head, right? Right from the door. What is our team goal? And then we're going to give individual goals to every single associate. It doesn't have to happen right at this point, but in this first 30 minutes, we're going to give every single individual what their goal is. Now, when I talk about goals, it's not going to be just the one goal that you have for a program. So if your, your KPI is, you know, handle time needs to be under a certain amount, you know, we're going to make sure if we have a newer rep that we're working them to that. Don't frustrate a rep by giving them an end stretch goal, you know, right from the door saying, hey, I'm sorry, this is the goal. Understand where the associate is and work them to that level, which is, you know, it's a whole other topic, but just... I think that's really important. And then the last thing is have fun, right? What game are you going to play today? What are you going to do that's going to be enjoyable for the associates? So that's kind of how we did it on site. And then from our work from home, we've, we've adjusted it a little bit. So I get a lot of pushback on this, but I don't think I explain it well, but hopefully I can explain it well to you guys so that you're not like, Tom, you're, you're an idiot. That could never be done because we're doing this every day. So again, we do a team video chat. We're using Slack. Reps have to... Um, they have to be there, right? They have to be on video. Now, I understand this is inbound customer service. I got five reps coming in at nine. I got another 10 reps coming in at 10. I got three reps coming in at 1030. I get all that, right? But when they come in, right, they have to do a video chat. Most of the time, we have had have things set up so it's it's more team-oriented um, with our scheduled start times. But I get it. So, you know, It can be a little bit more difficult, but it's, I think it's really important that you see the associate that there's a conversation that talks. In the first 60 minutes, it's not 30 anymore because 30 was a little bit too difficult. But in the first 60 minutes, we're going to do an individual video chat with the supervisor and with the rep. And again, we're going to talk about the goals, talk about that stuff. It's, it's two minutes. It's not a long dissertation. Uh, but again, it's engaging that, that associate. This is the part that everybody freaks out about. We're in, the supervisor is instant messaging. They're not video chatting. They're just going to put in things like, hey, service level is 82%. Great job, everybody. Hey, after call work is under 10 seconds. Awesome. Things like that. You know, little half sentences, but every 15 to 20 minutes to understand that their supervisor is there, that they're listening, that they're seeing the stats, and also keep your supervisors on point. Um, and then we call it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We're going to try to at least do it twice, but preferably breakfast, lunch, and dinner, doing another quick instant message Um with the reps, doesn't have to be a video, uh, but it can be like, hey, Susie, really good job on that last call. Loved how you closed or um, I loved how you showed empathy there. Um, those are really important things that you, in this work from home environment, uh, become so important that there's a constant communication going from your team to the associate. A lot of reps enjoy the work from home, but some of them liked being in the office and they like the engagement. They like the friendship. They like the, the hangout for lunch. Right. So making sure that you're you're affecting both of those those groups of people, I think, is really, really important. All right. That's kind of what I have for my presentation. I hope that that kind of that added uh, added some value. Again, I just want to throw this last slide up as as questions come in or, or if, Roger, if, if there's anything that that you kind of have found here. 
Um, but I, I hope that that adds some value to, to some of the things that we're doing. And at least, you know, some of the things might be, hey, we can't do that in our center, but, but maybe it, it gets you to at least think to, to say, hey, maybe we could do something a little bit different to improve. Yeah, if, if correct. So that'll get that'll get you in the texting community. Um, it's just it's a it's a way for you to talk to me. You're not going to see everybody else's stuff, so your 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 phone's not going to get flooded. And then I like to you know two or three or four times a week, I'll send things out to the community that you know is exclusive, that things that I think can help and, and are a little bit different. Okay, so uh, those who asked about that, there is the text number right there. Um, Tom, I'm going to take the screen over here. Okay. Yeah, it's normally a pretty big week. Um, I don't know. We have had some initial discussions. Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of it's not as fun when when everybody's not in the office uh, because every day, like a lot of a lot of call centers, every day would be a different theme um, that that we would normally do. So we're trying to kind of figure that out. Um, there's some things that we're going to be doing from a gamification standpoint to earn earn extra coins and some extra things during that week, um, but. We're still kind of processing, to be honest, you know, how to make it fun and, and not make it just another, oh, I got to do this thing. Um, because it was a lot of fun when everybody was here, but now that they're not, you know, we're still kind of working that through. I think there are some virtual um, tools out there. And um, uh, if, you, if you search customer service week uh, ideas uh, virtually, there's, there's some ideas, things you can do uh, over digital channels as well. I'm going to ask our, our visual panelists that same question. Um, we also, uh, so here, um, just, just as a reminder to everyone, um, you can uh, uh, submit a question or a topic that you'd like to bring up. And as I said, we'll get to as many as we can here in the next few minutes. Use the chat feature on your media site.com so I know that it, many of you uh, know how to do that because I got a lot of great hello messages from you today. So um, uh, go ahead and do that. We have several questions. So the effort multiplier, the pay attendance incentive uh, raised uh, several questions from listeners, uh, Tom. Right. And they were along the lines of, um, so do you find that, the, 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 you know, first of all, in the age of COVID here, that um, the potential loss of that incentive pay, breaking their streak, could incent people who to report to work if they're not feeling well, uh, causing others on the team to be angry that they're spreading illness. Um, related to that, um, any pushback from legal or, or HR on that? Uh, what if an employee has a sick kid or has to go on leave, et cetera? talk a little bit about how they can protect their street for some of those yeah. situations? So the first thing is um, you can't just implement this. You need to talk to everybody. So one of the really cool things, and it's it's on my LinkedIn, but I'm gonna, I'll repost it today. We did, and I filmed it, we did about an hour long uh, one of our, our leadership meetings with the reps, right? So it's only reps in there. Um, it was me, the reps, and, and HR, and we talked about this exact topic. Um, and I say, guys, we're going to implement this. I don't want people to feel um, that they're 
you know, the, the biggest thing is we, you can't make it seem like they're losing out, right? Now, if we did things like, hey, you make $13 an hour, but if you lose your streak, you go down to nine, right? First of all, that's an issue and that would never fly. So all this is, is a little bit of a bonus. Now we've been way more lenient, um, you know, when it comes to, to making sure that, you know, if you're five minutes late for logging in, you know, we're, we're not going to, you know, blow your multiplier up. If you're a little late coming back from break, um, but our reps also have scheduled time off, right? Which doesn't affect their multiplier, right? So if, if, if they say, Hey, I'm taking a scheduled day, if I'm taking vacation, none of that's going to affect it. But if you have somebody that's taken already, you know, 25 days in the, in the week or in the month or probably in the year, um, and then they're taking another one and they, they blow their streak. And that's kind of where that's really the, the type of things that we're, we're kind of, I guess, disincentivizing. But again, if we didn't have this, no one would be, we'd all be at the same base rate. And then, you know, just, just, just getting paid off sentiment and doing those types of things. So um, trying to sell it and you have to sell it as a bonus, right? This is a bonus. It's not something that you get taken away. You never lose your streak. You just start another streak over. I know that that sounds like semantics, um, but it kind of works. And if you can get the buy-in from the reps and they understand that there has to be a line somewhere or we can't implement this, um, that, that's, that's what's worked for us. And again, let me po- I'm going to post that on my LinkedIn. Uh, we did a whole thing. And these were exact rep questions and kind of how we talked it through and how they kind of, we all worked it out together. Okay, great. And, and you factor, so excused absences and scheduled time off don't count against the Correct. And it, right, it, I'm assuming FMLA. Um, correct. When you would come back at your street number, right? Same thing with a, uh, with vacation. So let's say you have a scheduled vacation and, and it's, you know, you wouldn't gain an extra week of the streak, but you know, your, your streak wouldn't go away. So basically this is just for, you know, the, the call off that uh, is outside of kind of, you know, where we've already kind of gone through the whole process and, and you've exhausted really all the stuff that you've had. Um, and again, it's not losing it. You're just kind of starting it over. And the cool thing is if you work the next week, the full week, you're right back on it, right? So you're getting that bonus. It's not like you got to work now another six weeks to get it again. Um, and we did things I didn't explain. If you look at, if somebody gets to that nine weeks, we, we give them one kind of get out of jail free card, right? So if, you know, if they've worked all that way and they've done such an awesome job, then we're going to work with you as well to keep, so that you can keep that there. So yeah, we don't want to make it a negative thing. Um, but no, those are great questions and things that we definitely had to work through when we implemented. Sure. Another couple of questions around um, the, uh, uh, your agent to um, uh, associate ratio, or your supervisor to associate ratio. Um, are, your, are your agent's hours staggered with your supervisors? And what is your supervisor to agent ratio? Yeah, our ratio is about, depending on the client, anywhere from 15 to 16 to 1. That's about the, the average. Um, we do have clients that are 10 to 1. And then we do have some you know, clients that we've had that are really, really easy um, that are in that 18 to, to one, but basically it's 15 to 16 to one. Um, if you don't have everybody there at once, when you're trying to do some of those things at the beginning of the shift, cause you can kind of really focus 